Blessed Assurance and welcome to Kingdom Christian Fellowship, KCF. We reveal the reality of the Kingdom of God and Christ Jesus in the lives of people all over the world. As you listen to this message, we pray that you are blessed and inspired to improve your relevance in the Kingdom of God. Amen, 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 amen. We thank God for these past two days. We thank God for this final day want to just reflect on the goodness of God. Just want to close your eyes. Just think on the goodness of God. Meditate on how far God has brought you. Meditate on the word that has come on Monday, the word that has come on Tuesday, how God has used his word to build you up. Just think on the word of God. Think on the word of God. We have been speaking under the theme, living as a living sacrifice. You want to thank God for what God has been drawing out from his word even to us, even in this day and even in this time. Just think on the goodness of the Lord. Thank God that he has made you a partaker of the grace upon his life. Thank God that he has brought you. The Bible said that he has translated us from the kingdom of darkness and he has brought us into the kingdom of his dear son. Many will not understand it because it is a spiritual reality. But you want to thank God that you have eyes of faith that when the message of God was preached to you, maybe you are here, you received God just when you came to university. Maybe you received God some years back. Whatever it is, you want to thank God that when the message of God was preached, you had the eyes of faith to say, Lord, I believe your word. Lord, I will follow you. Lord, I will go with you all my days. Just thank God. Thank God. Many times we don't reflect on what God has done for us and thank him for the yesterday. The word of God said that when Elijah was about to have the conquest with the prophets of Baal, he rebuilt the altar. To rebuild your altar is to remember the times that God has come through for you. And oftentimes, remember, when you see how far God has brought you, you can see how far he's going to take you. Just thank God. Thank God. Some of you, if it wasn't for God, you wouldn't even find yourself here. You would have been somewhere. But God has elected you. God has favored you. God has chosen you. You want to just thank God, thank God, thank God somebody, thank God somebody, thank God somebody. The Bible says in the book of Psalm 100 that the password for God's presence is thanksgiving. You have the weapon of thanksgiving with you, but most of the times we don't even realize it. Thank God that God has brought you into his presence. Thank God that he has brought you into his presence. That he has made you a partaker of his divine nature. A partaker of his divine nature. A partaker of his divine nature. Oh, are there believers in the house? I can't hear you lifting up your voice and giving God thanks. Give God thanks. Give God thanks. The Bible says in Colossians 3.15, he said, And be ye thankful. And be ye thankful. And be ye thankful. The Bible says, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. That boyfriend that you are praying about, I'm telling you, that is not an important will. The most important will is to give thanks to God. Thank God for the life of your parents. Thank God for the life of your siblings. Thank God for your academics. You may not be in the Summa League, but thank God that God has even preserved you and brought you this far. That you have not been expelled from the university. Thank God. I submit to you that if you give God thanks, God will take that low grade and he will transform it and turn it around. There's so much power available in thanksgiving. Thank God somebody. Thank God somebody. Thank God somebody. 
Muka bajika tabazanda bayanda laba balaba. Mula masanda laba balaba dalaba. Muka babazanta bayanda laba balaba dalaba. Father, we give you thanks. Father, we give you thanks. Yes, Lord. Father, we are grateful. We are grateful. We are grateful for your mercy. We are grateful for your love, for your favor, for your kindness, for your election. Oh, Father, the Bible said that had it not been for your mercies, we would have been consumed. Some of us, would, our lives would have ended in ghastly accidents. Oh, Father, it is your mercy alone. We have come before your throne of grace with thanksgiving that we will obtain your mercy, that we will obtain your mercy to help us even in this time of need. To help us even in this time of need. Oh Jesus. Mandala masata la bakanda la baba la baha. Reba kataba zata katala baba la basanda la bada la baba la ba. Mukata la bazanda bayanda la baba yanda la baba la bada la ba. Mandele bezeta kabayanda la ba. Father, we thank you. We thank you for bringing us this far, Lord. Oh la sata kabayanda la baba la basanda la baba la bada la ba. Mukala baba la basanda bayanda la baba la bada la ba. Mozata kabazanda bayanda bayanda bayanda. Yema kata bazanda bayanda la baba la basanda bayanda la baba la ba. Mozata kabazanda la baba la basanda. Mozata kababa la basanda la baba. Moda mama. Mokala baba la basanda ba. Mozata kabayanda la baba la basanda. Onise. Iyanu, you're the God of awesome wonders. I've tasted of your power. Onise, Onise, Iyanu, you have shown me so much mercy, much more than I deserve. You're the God of awesome wonders. I've tasted of your power. My eyes, my eyes, my eyes have my ears have the wonders of your praise. Creation bow in all of you as we join together. 
let that be your heart cry this morning. Don't be in a hurry to hear the word. Be in a hurry to minister to the Lord. Oh Jesus. Your presence. Father, let your word have a free course in our lives, Lord. 
I pray, O oh God, that Father, every demonic power, every work of hell, I declare, O oh God, that it shall not move, it shall not function, but rather instead your presence will rule in this place. Let those who are suffering from sicknesses, infirmities, setbacks, whatever misfortune it is that binds your people, Father, I pray through the avenue of your word, may they be liberated. I pray in the name of Jesus that, Father, you will establish your people upon the rock that is Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus, I will pray. God's people said, Amen. Amen. You may please take your seats. I am speaking this morning under the theme, Living as a Living Sacrifice. Very powerful theme that the personal development team and your pastor have given to us. And so, um, as your pastor has asked, I will just put the cherry on the top of the cake. And that is the easiest part. So, I want us to look at our anchor scripture from the book of Romans chapter 12, from verse 1 to verse 2. Do we have it in the message translation? Romans 12, 1 to verse 2. In the message translation. Do we have the message, Adam? says, so here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday ordinary life. Your sleeping. Your eating. Your going to work. And walking around life. And place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you. Is the best thing you can do for him. The Bible says that. Bring your everyday ordinary life. Your eating. Your sleeping. You're going to work, your academics, your relationship, everything that concerns your life. The Bible says, place it before the Lord as an offering. Then he says that embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Now, Paul is speaking to us here on the premise that one has read from chapter 1 to verse 11, to chapter 11. So if you've not read chapter 1 to chapter 11, you can't understand what he's saying in chapter 11, in chapter 12. So how many of us here have read chapter 1 to chapter 11? No one has read it, so, okay, so a few people will understand the progression here, but Paul is saying here that based on the build-up, I've been talking to you about the mercy of God, I've been talking to you about the salvation of God, I've been talking to you about the mercy, the kindness of God, I've been talking to you about the many benefits that Christ has brought us by work of his salvation, and as a response to all that I've said from chapter 1 to chapter 11, you must do chapter 12. So, our ability to give our lives as an offering must be as a result of our understanding of what Christ has done for us or what God has done for us. I believe on Monday, Bishop Buddha spent some time to talk about sacrifice and about altar. And then Reverend Barry also took his time to speak about our bodies or bringing our bodies. I don't want to stress much on it, but when we go to the book of Hebrews chapter 10 from verse 1 to the verse 4, Hebrews chapter 10 from verse 1 to the verse 4, the Bible says that for the law having a shadow of good things to come and not the very image of the things can never with those sacrifices which they offered year by year continually make the comers there unto perfect. So the Bible is saying that when we look into the Old Testament, when we look from Genesis to Malachi, if you want to put it that way, when you see the various sacrifices that God told them to do, for example, there's the meat offering, there's the um, 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 burnt offering, there's the peace offering. There are so many offerings that the Bible gives. He said when you look at all those offerings, which you can find in the book of Leviticus, he says you will not be able to realize the real image. They are just a shadow. How many of us have seen your shadow before? I can't remember what my shadow looks like, whether it's tall or short, but I believe it's tall. 
But when you look at your shadow, you cannot get a clear picture of who the image is. So if you are steep in looking in Leviticus and saying that, I want to do the meat offering, I must buy a meat from Nima and come and offer it to the Lord. I submit to you that the Bible says that those things are a shadow. In the Old Testament, we will find Jesus hidden. But in the New Testament, we will find him revealed. So the Bible is saying here that these things are a shadow. And they could never make any of the people perfect. They could never. Verse 2, the Bible says, For then would they not have ceased to be offered. In other words, if they were perfect, they would not have stopped. They would have, they would have just ended the offering once and for all. But they kept on bringing that offering year after year, year after year. They will say, okay, we are going to Shiloh. We are going to offer our sheep, our goat, our whatever, whatever. Every family will carry their thing and they will go. But the Bible says that those things were not what? Perfect. They could never reveal the picture or the complete picture of what God wanted for his people. So God said, I am going to try my best. I will show it to Moses. Moses, try and show it to the people. But still, the people could not get it. So God said, I think it is time I take this sacrifice thing upon myself. I'm just summarizing everything that is from Genesis to Malachi. So I've summarized the whole Bible for you. And the Bible said that God said, I will come myself and I will offer myself as a sacrifice. I will bring an end to this year after year coming to me with the blood of bulls, the blood of goats, the blood of turtle doves, and what have you. And I'm going to offer my very life. I, God, the one who has instituted these sacrifices, I am going to now offer my life to you in exchange for all the iniquity and all the sin that has ever beset you. Isn't that wonderful? The Bible says that it is as a result of this that Paul said that therefore I beseech you by the mercies of God. Bring your life before God as an offering, as a living sacrifice. Very strong, very poignant call that Paul makes to us. But many of us, we just can't understand it. That's the reason why I want us to stress on things like thanksgiving. Many of us, we think that, oh, let's pray and thank God. Oh, Father, thank you for this food. Blessed, bless. Amen. Your prayer, majority of it is consumed by the things that you want to tell God. God who is in heaven and you who is here. Who, who has a better view of things? But we spend majority of our time trying to get God to realize that I need to position with you. It seems you are not seeing things well. But the Bible says that embracing what God has done for you in return, the best thing you can do for him is to live for him. Bring your everyday life, everything that God has ever done for you, bring it before him and say, Father, I want to live for you. Father, I want to what? Live for you. We can stress and talk about the importance of sacrifice and we could go on and on, but I want us to see Another statement Paul made in Romans chapter 6 from the verse 18. Romans 6 verse 18. He says, Being then made free from sin, become servants of righteousness. Being then made free from sin or having been set free from sin, now become a servant of righteousness. 
You know, sometimes many of us will listen to certain messages. You say, oh, right now God has set me free. I can do whatever it is I want to do. I'm telling you, that's a distorted message of grace. You have been set free from sin to become a servant unto righteousness or a slave unto righteousness. So, you have freedom, but you don't have freedom. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's like I say, go out. But when you are going out, I've still locked the main gate. So, when you go out, it doesn't make any sense. But just that this time, the Bible says that your servitude or your slavery is unto righteousness. So that thing that sometimes we say, oh, it's my own life. I can do it. It's not true. You don't, you don't belong to yourself. You don't own yourself. In fact, Paul is going to give us another legal statement to back what he's saying in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 6 from verse 19 to the verse 20. 1 Corinthians 6 verse 19 to the verse 20. He says, What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which you have of God, and you are not your... If I preach this message in one of your lectures, they'll tell me that this thing is not true. If I speak this message in African philosophical theory, they'll say, no, 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 no. You have your own rights. But the Bible says that you are not your own. You don't belong to yourself. Even in a normal relationship between husband and wife, you don't belong to yourself. Yes. You can ask those who are married here. Some of you here who are married, but you don't have a ring yet. Ask yourselves. That don't, you, don't you sometimes behave like you are not your own? The person is going to eat. You say, why are you going to eat? You have not asked me why you are going to eat. Yes. Even you. Even you. I didn't mention it. I say even you. You believe that your boyfriend, he doesn't belong to himself. So when you see him talking to another girl, you are, hey, my, my friend, you are not your own. So if you, or if us, as fickle as we are, we can demand that somebody is mine, how much more God? Who created you? Who has saved you? Who has rescued you? He has every right to say that you are not your own. Then as if this is not enough, he's going to emphasize it in the verse 20. And he's going to make a very strong legal statement. He says, for you are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body. Whenever you go to the market and you buy something, that thing ceases to be the property of that person. It has now exchanged ownership. It has now become your own. For example, if I see Janet holding this phone here, and I say, Janet, I've taken the phone. It can, I cannot say it because she bought it. She has every right to say that it is mine because I paid $499 for it. Do you understand what I'm saying? So she owns it. And God is saying likewise. What's your name, young man? NK. NK, I paid for you. He says, mm. <laughs> God paid for you with his blood. And because of that payment that he made with his blood, he owns you. I want this statement to sink and get just settled in. And I want to stretch this statement by saying that, in fact, God owns everybody, not just those who are even in church. The Bible says in John 3, 16, which most of us here should know, that for God so loved the world. God so loved the church of Pentecost. God so loved the charismatic church. God so loved the Catholics. God so loved NSPPD. God so loved Alpha Hour. 
Bible says God so loved the world. So you can be no who should whatever God owns you. You can be the Baha'i faith, God owns you. I submit to you that God owns everybody. And he is saying that because of this ownership, this title deed that he has over everybody, you have to live for him. It's like you have bought land at maybe Kaswa. You have the title, you have the papers. Then when you are on the land, the land will start telling you that you are, you are not my own. Or somebody will just come and say, oh, this house you are building is not nice. Build 10-story building. Is it your land? Is it your land? No. In fact, Jeremiah said, can the clay now begin to tell the potter, shape me this way? But many of us, we are clay and we are potters at the same time. We are clay and we are potters at the same time. So no, no, make me like this. Make my shape like this girl's shape. Make my eyebrows like this one. He said that you don't have any right. You must live in response to the fact that somebody has ownership over you. Hallelujah, somebody. What then is the practice of being a living sacrifice? What then is the practice of being a living sacrifice? When we come to the same Romans chapter 12, let's read from the NKJV. The Bible says, Romans 12, 1, he said that, I beseech you therefore by the mercies of God that you present your bodies. One would think that when God was now going to talk about because, because of all that he has done, about his mercy, about salvation, about the numerous things that he has done, one would think that God will say, you know what, give me your spirit. Oh, you are here, you didn't believe that. I, mean, I would have liked that he said, give me your spirit. Because that one is easy. Because you know this earth there. I have to enjoy the fine things. So if you want my, you can take my spirit. There's no problem. You can even take my soul too. But God says that I want your bodies. Maybe you haven't thought a lot about this scripture, but it doesn't make sense. The Bible says God is a spirit. So if you are spirit, what things must you like? You must like spirit things. But God is saying that me, I like spirit things, but I even also like your body. So some of us here, we have a very funny mindset about our bodies. We think that our bodies is not part of the whole spiritual conversation. We think that our bodies is not part of the whole spiritual conversation. But God is saying that your bodies it is part of the spiritual conversation. So in the book of 1 Thessalonians 5, the Bible said that he will sanctify us spirit, soul, and what? Body. A thorough or a complete sanctification. So he's saying that bring your bodies as a living sacrifice. One that is holy and acceptable to who? God. Now, the question is, how do we make this very practical? How can I bring my body? Is it that I come and lie down at the altar here every morning? I don't go to class. I'm just lying down at the altar because I am presenting my body. Is, is, that, the, is that the mindset or the understanding that God is trying to paint here? No. When we look at the scripture, scripture will interpret scripture. Or the word of God will reveal God's mind to us. So let's go to the book of James chapter 3. In the book of James chapter 3, we can have a clear understanding of what God expects of us. Is it me or the place a little bit more? 
please bear with us. I will make this very short. He says that, my brethren, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. Verse 2. The Bible says, for we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle the whole body. Is somebody seeing the connection that is here? The Bible is saying that your tongue has connection with your whole world body. Let's look at a bit or a bridle. Has anyone here seen a bit or a bridle before? You know what a bit or the bridle is? Okay, let's continue reading. We might have some understanding of it. Verse 3. Verse 3. Adam, you have to work very fast or your internet is slow. Verse 3. James chapter 3. Verse 3. The Bible says in the verse 3, Behold, we put bits in the horse's mouth that they may obey us and turn about their whole body. How many of us have ridden a horse before? Okay, so how did you do it, for example? When you sat on the horse, what did you do? Did you say, move? What did you do? You held the, yeah, the rope. It's called the bridle. Yeah, you held the bridle, which had a bit connected to it. And what did you do? You said, move. And the horse did, ah, and then, awesome. So you use the bit and the bridle to turn the course of the horse. You can say by that, Romeo, move fast. And when you do that, the horse will begin to move very fast. That's the mechanism that we use to subject a horse to move in the course that we want it to go. The Bible is going to give us a better understanding of it. Let's go to the verse 4 of the same James chapter 3. The Bible says, Behold also the ships, which though they be so great, and are driven off by fierce winds, yet they are turned about with a very small helm, whithersoever the governor listed. Let me read normal English so that you can understand. The Bible says that there's a ship Okay, for example, one of the greatest ships that we have right now is called the Icon of the Sea. Big cruise ship. I don't want to be on it. The Bible said that that big cruise ship, the thing that is going to help the big cruise ship move on the mighty waters, the Pacific Ocean, the Mediterranean Ocean, whatever it is, the Bible said that that device is called a radar. How many of us have seen a radar before? I'm not talking about the one that does. No, that is not the radar. Adam, give us a picture of the radar. The Bible said the ship is going to move on the waters. It's going to turn left, turn right, move 40 knots by the power of a radar. Adam, picture of a radar. Let's do this quickly. No, this is not the radar. This is not the radar. The radar is at the base of the ship. It's like a fan kind of thing. And it turns and moves the ship in the course that the ship will go to. No. It, okay, it, it's something like this. Type radar of the ship. Type radar of the ship. Hey. I thought that this place, the internet is fiber, micro, whatever, whatever. And so more. Okay. As he gets us the picture, what I'm trying to drive at is that these two examples of the horse and the, that's the radar, of the horse and the ship, they are moved about by something that seems very inconspicuous. Something that is almost hidden. Something that no one even pays attention to. I bet you this is probably maybe around 5,000 pounds or so. But the whole ship itself is probably millions of pounds. But that mechanism that's going to allow the ship to move along the great waters is going to be this small thing. And when people go on the cruise ship or when people go on the boat, do you think people ask, can I see the radar? In fact, it has the radar rusted? I want to see how. No. Give us a picture of the icon of the sea, the cruise ship I'm talking about. 
when you see that ship, the, the last thing that will come to your mind is the radar. Nobody gives it any attention. Nobody says, oh, I want to know the state of the radar. Everybody just wants what is on top. Everybody wants to enjoy. When people sit on a horse, they want to use it for jockeying reasons. They want to move fast. And they say, okay, I want a challenge with this horse. Nobody pays attention to that. I mean, imagine going on this ship and asking them, Mr. Captain, where is your radar? I'll be looking for the finest restaurant on board the ship. I say, give me three-course meal. Let me enjoy myself. Whether the radar is alive or not, I don't care. And that's how some of us strangely live our lives. The things that are supposed to control the whole body, we pay very little attention to those things. But James, the brother of Jesus, is telling us here that, my brethren, pay attention to the use of your mouth or your tongue or your lips. Why? Because control of your lips or control of your mouth equal to control of your body. When you are able to control your lips, able to control your speech, able to control your words, I submit to you, you can control your whole body. And you know, James has every right to say this because you know, James, we are talking about, is the brother of Jesus. When Jesus was around, he kept on telling people, hey, this Jesus boy, I tell you, this is my big brother, he's confused. He's going around telling people that he's the savior of the world. You know, our father and mother, they are capital business that they are doing. This guy, he's I'm telling you. But when James came into an encounter with Jesus, he realized, no, I have used my mouth to say things that have robbed me of the very existence of being with the God himself. So he said that, my brethren, if you want to see your life move as a living sacrifice, if you want to present yourself as somebody who is always before God, then have much control over your lips. Have much control over your lips. Look at what Isaiah encountered in the book of Isaiah chapter 6 from verse 2. Isaiah chapter 6 verse 2. Adam, let's go quickly. The Bible says, Above it stood seraphim. Each one had six wings. With two he covered. Verse 3. Bible says that, And one cried to the other and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God of mine. Uh, verse 4. The Bible says that, and the post of the door was shaken by a voice of him who cried out, and the house was filled with smoke. He said, so I said, woe is me, for I am what? Undone. Now pay attention to what he's going to talk about. He said, because I am a man of what? Unclean lips. This is the prophet Isaiah who went about. He said, you, woe. He sees anybody, woe. Woe. Double woe. The Bible said that when he had an encounter with God, when he entered the presence of God and he saw the glory of God, he said, no, me, nah, the person who is going around, no, I see that there's a problem. I am a man just like the people that I dwell with. Our lips are unclean. So he said that my lips, they are unclean. So look at what the seraphim did. The Bible said that the seraphim used the tongues and he picked a coal of fire from the altar. And he brought the fire or the, the, the coal. And where did he touch? Verse 5. He said, and he touched my mouth with it. I would have thought that for the anointing to flow or for me to become a living sacrifice, he would take the coal and he would open my heart and he would put it inside. Then I'll feel spiritual. Because the Bible said, it is like fire shut up in my bones. But no. The Bible said that he touched where? Their mouth. Their mouth or the lips. 
Then in the verse 8, he said that because I have done this, your iniquity is taken away and your sin is purged. Does that remind you of what James said? That when you control your mouth, you are able to control your body. The same thing Isaiah is saying that because of what the guy did to my lips, my whole body, my whole self has been purged and my iniquity has been taken away. Now I am a living sacrifice. I can now continue in the work that the master has called me to go and do. I can go and declare to them the very mind of God. In the same way, I submit to you, child of God, if you are going to be able to present your life, your body, as a living sacrifice, it starts with your your lips. And the words that issue forth or the words that come out of your mouth. Let's continue the story in James. Let's go to the verse 9. The Bible says, actually let's start from the verse 5. The Bible says, even so the tongue is a little member and it boasts of great things. See how great a forest and little fire kindles. If you've seen wildfires before or how wildfires start, they don't just start on a large scale. It can be maybe some farmer, he was just maybe doing something, then he left the fire, then the thing began to spread. The Bible said that is how the, the tongue is. It is very small. It can say maybe something small, but it will set everything that it does on fire. Let's go to the verse 6. The Bible says, and the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among members that it defileth again the whole body and it sets on fire the course of nature. And it is set on fire by hell itself. In other words, the writer is saying here that when your tongue, your lips, your words, they are not seasoned by God, they are not influenced by the Spirit of God, it is almost as if hell is the one influencing you. Have you ever met somebody who has a very powerful tongue or a powerful mouth before? Hey, if they insult you, it's more than Mr. Ghana beating you. You will feel it inside your body. You know sometimes people tell that, oh, when you tell me something painful, it doesn't get to me. I am telling you, that person is lying. When you begin to sit down, you begin to reflect, and you see that Charlie, the words will be playing in your ears. You'll be here. It's like the person's life. He has left the thing on repeat behind you. Say, yo, you are short. You are short. You are short. You are short. You just be here. Say, hey, hey this guy, you told me that I'm short. Does he know me? Does he know her? Has he seen my father and my mother before? They are very tall. You, you will start justifying that, no, that thing that the person said to you is not true. Have you paid attention to it? Nobody here, when they are doing um, 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 summer um, body goals, nobody say, oh, let me do summer body for my mouth. Nobody ever thinks about that. We think about other parts of our body. Those of us with big stomach, we want to make it. Those of us with sleep, we want to make it. We, those are the, we never think about summer goals for our, this one. We never think about that. We never think about, you know, I want to go and lift weights so that my mouth or my lips will be. No, nobody pays attention to that. The Bible says that that is how the lip or the mouth or our words are. They are very powerful, but nobody pays attention to it. Let's look at the book of Proverbs chapter 18 from the verse 20. Proverbs 18 verse 20. The Bible said that a man's belly shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth. From the produce of his lips, he shall be filled. The Bible said that the way you are going to be satisfied in this life is by the produce of your lips, your mouth, the words that come out of it. They have a response or they have a reaction with how you'll be filled. 
Psalm 81 verse 10, the Bible said to them, he said, open your mouth wide and I will fill it. Then go to the verse 21 of the same Proverbs chapter 18. The Bible said that death and life, they are in the power of the death and life are in the power of the stomach. Death and life are in the power of the kind of food you eat. Death and life are in the power of the muscles that you lift. Death and life are in the power of the he said, and they that love it, they shall eat the fruit thereof. In other words, if you love life, you will eat the fruit of it if you use your mouth to speak the right things. If also you like death, if you continue saying it, you also eat the fruit of death. And all this power is trapped where? In death. It's like the bit or the bridle again. You know, a typical bit or bridle, when I checked the price yesterday, maybe like thousand cities you can get some it's not expensive it's not expensive or is, 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 is it it's not expensive this is very it's very it's very significant that's how small it is it doesn't like when people are when you want to buy a horse who here knows the price of a horse if you have a horse you can't even keep it in your house you have to take it to polo court or whatever and keep it in a stable and it'll be, it's expensive as compared to that thousand cities it doesn't make any difference those here who own horses or your father's own horse, you can tell us. The horse is very expensive as compared to the bit. But the Bible said that we give much attention to those bigger things as compared to the small bit or the bridle or the rudder. But the connection is that if you can give much attention to that small instrument called your mouth, your lips, your words that come out of it, then you have much control over your life you'll be able to now live as a sacrifice that God is pleased with. Because your mouth will not just be moving at its own frequency. Have you met some people who you wonder if their mouth is, is, is connected? Like you want to know if, you know how like this, the power is connected? You ask yourself this person, the top, the, is it connected? Because sometimes some of the things that you say, they say, you're like, ah, did they think about, have you ever had somebody, I, I have friends who say, when they finish, I'm like, hey, bros, Charlie, this thing, you don't think about that. Sure, you didn't think about it because this thing you are ah, no. Sometimes that's how sometimes we behave. By the time we are done saying the thing, then we start asking and say, Yeah, this thing that I said, I shouldn't have said it. I shouldn't have said it. Some of us here we don't understand mathematics because when we were young, we started saying that I me, mean, I don't like mathematics, I'll never understand mathematics. And you are wondering why now you are in final year, you don't understand why they are doing this thing. When they put calculus before you, it's like Things are just appearing to you. But I submit to you that you yourself brought it by the power of your words. So the Bible says that death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it, they shall eat what? The fruit thereof. In the book of Numbers chapter 14, look at what God said to the children of Israel back then. He said that say unto them, as truly as I live, as you have spoken, Numbers 14, 28, he said, as you have spoken in my ear, so will I what do unto you. As you have what spoken in my ears, so will I what do unto you. What have you been saying to the Lord? What do you say in those moments where maybe you feel like, oh, at this time I'm not praying. What do you say? those words negate all the 
things that you have said to God in a place of prayer. No, son, somebody can be there. You wake up at 3 a.m. You pray powerfully. Hey, I bind the demons. Take a shota, leka toka, zeke. Then when you sleep, ah, you see it's like Jacob's dream. Angels are descending and ascending. God begins to show you how the day is going to go. Then the moment you step out of your hostel, you get to the lecture hall. They begin to put some things on the boy. Say, yeah. This thing, I'll never understand it. You have negated everything that you ever received in the prayer. You have cancelled it. You have just cancelled it. All the things that go through, you have cancelled it. You have, canceled, you, have, you have put X on it. You have put X on it. This is not negate, negate, poor. No, it's not. No, this one, you have, you have made it wrong. You have spoiled everything by the power of your words. And you see, sometimes it may just be one statement. Too. Look at the build-up that happened for the prayer. Maybe when you were praying the first hour, Charlie, it wasn't easy. You were sleeping, but you were pushing. Second hour, you got there. Charlie, third hour, Charlie, you were, you were in the realms. Then eventually you slept and, then, and then God opened your eyes and you saw certain things. You have used one statement to bring down all that energy that you received from God. I'm just trying to get you to understand that this thing that is in front of you is very important. And the words also that are connected, that you see, all of it is, is connected to the things that come out of it. It is able to either give you an advantage or rob you in the presence of God or before God. So in the book of James chapter 4 from verse 8, James chapter 4 from verse 8, the Bible says, draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts and you double-minded. The verse 9, the Bible says that, be afflicted and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to heaviness. Verse 10. The Bible says, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he shall lift you up. But look at the verse 11. The Bible says, speak not evil of one another or one of another brethren. He said, the one who speaks evil of his brother and judges his brother, he speaks evil of the law and he judges the law. But if thou judge the law, thou art not a doer of the law, but you are a judge. In other words, your words, they should be used for blessing. They should be used for speaking well of others. They should not be used on the contrary for other things. There is power in your words. There is power in your lips. In the book of 1 Peter chapter 3 verse 10, he says the same thing. He said, for he who will love life and see good days, let him what? It's like, I'm the only one seeing the scripture. Or you don't want to say, because if you say, you think it will bind you. He said, for he that will love life and see good days, let him refrain what? From what? Evil. And what will happen? And his lips, they should speak no what? So remember what I said? I said, all of it is connected. Your tongue, your lips, everything is connected. He said that if you want to see good days, if you want to see good health, if you want to enjoy prosperity, if you want to work for the Lord all day long and make sure that you never give up on your love for God, he said that refrain your tongue from evil and don't speak evil with your mouth. 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 This, this, this course, I don't think I'll ever finish. Peace. Peace. 
it's not for my generation. It's for people after me. You have damaged your generation with those words. My parents cry. Can't can they see other people's parents are buying cars for their parents, buying houses for them? My parents, they, they are just so poor. Ah, they can't even buy one small Toyota Corolla for me to use. What kind of parents are these? You are all of this. You are saying, ah, you are thinking them in your mind. This girl cried. She doesn't deserve this boy. Look at all the body that God has blessed me with. Couldn't this guy see that I'm the one for him? Ah, this girl. She, she, she's not the best candidate. I'm the best candidate. You just look at me in the mirror. Look at, look at me. Look at me. Just look at me. Just look at me. I'm the one for this guy. I'm the one. I'm the one. I'm the one. I'm the chosen one. I'm the chosen one. Even my name is Rosalinda. Can't you see that I'm the one? look at my color. I'm so fair. The fairest of them all. What if that person and that guy, they are God's will upon this earth. You are trying to separate the will of God from happening. By the power of your lips. Then you realize next semester, oh, Francis and Kofi, you are not together again. Oh, what happened? I thought you people were together. I thought you people, you love yourself so. But the person who brought about that separation were your words. And you think that you are a living sacrifice. You come and stand before God. Receive this living. And you are crying. And Francis and Kofi, they are sitting in front of you. And they can't seem to understand what happened to them in their relationship. But your words have just destroyed what God is doing upon the face of the earth. Maybe when Francis and Kofi come together, they are going to give birth to three children. And these three children will be great people that God will use to transform a generation. Look at how your words, as idle as they are, have destroyed what God wants to do. Your words, your tongue, your mouth, what you use it for, I submit to you like um, and Paul said, you are not your own. You are not what? Your own. And if you are not your own, by extension, it affects your mouth, your lips, your words. In fact, in the book of 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, Peter says that even when people hurt you, the response concerning how you use your lips is to still not be what they do. He said, not rendering evil for evil or railing for railing, but contrarywise, blessing, knowing that you are there unto called that you should inherit a blessing. In other words, whenever you are faced with a problem or somebody says something about you or somebody's provoking you, he's saying that don't say, oh, Moses said an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. So as you give unto me, I will give unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over, shall I give unto you. Flick your head on top of it. He said that that shouldn't be your response. He said, don't render evil for evil. Don't render evil for evil. He said, on the contrary, be a blessing. Be, know that you have been called to blessing. The word blessing there, its real meaning is to speak well of. It's to give a commendation or a good recommendation about somebody. That's the meaning of the word blessing. And God said that that is what you have been called onto. So if you look at your dealings in life and you realize that you are not somebody who is always blessing, then know that you are gone far away. 
You know, maybe one of you, maybe you are looking for a job, maybe you are looking for a job at Microsoft. Then maybe Bill Gates is my friend. I pick up, I say, oh, Bill, Charlie, this is my friend who is coming. Just give them something to do. What I've done is I've spoken a blessing. I've given you an advantage. I spoke well of you. And that, it just pushed you. You didn't do interview, first recruitment, second. You just went straight into it. The Bible said that should be your response in life. Even when somebody does something against you, give them clearance. Let them go say, Father, I bless them. Let them enter into long life. Let them enjoy success. Meanwhile, the person just told you, dude, you are a big fool. Say, oh, Henry, thank you. The Lord bless you. The Lord direct your path. The Lord calls you to be a generational institute. Bible said that should be your response. That should be ours. That is the true meaning of being a living sacrifice. In other words, when God looks at somebody like that, he is pleased. He said, ah, this guy, he's just like me. He's just like, when people do, I don't even, I, I still, I bless them. The Bible said, God, he doesn't do segregation with rain. When it is raining, everybody receives some. Everybody. Yeah, so, I'll let it rain on Angela, 100. This one, zero. So, as it's raining, it's raining just on this person. Hey, God doesn't do that. And you see, that was the mind that people like Abraham worked with. For which reason, God said that this one is my friend. Remember one time, Abraham had a company. The company was doing so well. Lot was one of his best employees. Then Lot said that, Abraham, right now, I'm making more money. So do you know what? We have to separate. Abraham said, I don't have a problem. Do you want the company? These are the papers. Take the company. He said, choose wherever you want to choose. So Bible said, Lord said, do you know what? I like this one. This big asset in the company. That's the one I like. He said, take it. And Abraham took it. Abraham blessed Lot. Even though Lot was more or less giving him evil for the good that he had done. The Bible said, when Lot had now separated, God said to Abraham, Abraham, wow, I would have done the same thing. I didn't know any man can also do the same thing. In fact, 360 Please look around. Everything that you want is yours. Imagine if Abraham said that, hey, small boys are young. I've established my $5 billion company. I've brought you. You, mom, you are telling me you and yourself. You are going where? Hey, he will send a publication to every media house. Lot incorporated. Everybody never accept him. When he's coming to set up a business in your country, Abraham could have, in fact, he had every right to do that. Because the Bible says that he was going on the journey and Lord said, uncle, I'll go with you. But Lord said that. God said, Abraham said, no. I'm not going to render evil for evil. I'm a blesser. I've been instituted to bless. But you see, Abraham proved that he was indeed a living sacrifice. Because God said that whoever you bless shall what? Be blessed. He said, whosoever you curse also shall be what? But what did Abraham choose instead? Blessing. So just like us, the choice of life and death, the choice of producing living sacrifices is before us. And God says that we have the power to choose life. We have the power to choose what? Life. We have the power to choose life. So one of the hallmarks of somebody who is indeed living for God or living for what God has called you to do, that is to be a living sacrifice, 
is how you control the tongue. Because like I said, when you control your tongue, when you have power over your tongue, you have ability to bring your tongue under subjection. You have your whole body in check. Look how the Bible says as I close in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 9 verse 27. The Bible says, Paul said, I beat my body and I bring it under subjection. He said, so that when I have preached to others, I myself don't become what? Disqualified. You may be the best evangelist on campus. You go from room to room. As Jesus said, nobody should come and preach. You, you defy all odds. Hey, Charlie, come give your life to Jesus. You would say all those things. But if at the end of the day, you don't bring this, your tongue under subjection, which will in turn bring your whole body under the influence of God, the Bible says that you will become disqualified. You will become what? Disqualified. You know, there's one statement that we always like to, you know, maybe just make ourselves happy with. Oh, you know, God, he loves everybody. It's not true. He doesn't love everybody. The, same, the way God loves them is not the same way he loves me. It's not the same. The way God loves Chris is not the same way he loves It's not the same. It's not the same. The things that maybe Chris is doing for God, and I'm not doing the same thing. Is it the same? It's not the same. God doesn't know. He doesn't know what's the same. Yeah, everybody has put us on a different this one. A different pedestal. He has given everybody. Okay, this one, this one, he, he everything I do, he he will say, come, this one, he's my own. And you see, the purpose of all of this is that it is a sacrifice. It is a sacrifice not to use your tongue or your lips or your mouth for what you want it to do. And rather you use it for what God wants it to be used for. That's where the sacrifice bit of it comes in. Because somebody just said something painful to you. Isn't it just right that you'll be fine in also telling the person something painful? But the sacrifice is withholding that thing that is not right and instead giving what is not given to that person. How many of us here can boldly say that, in fact, I am a living sacrifice before the Lord? That's why Paul says, coming back home, he said that because of what God has done, because of his mercies, because of his love, because of his favor, because that time where you, you, you were struggling with masturbation and you didn't seem to find your way and I sent somebody to come and help you because of that time where you, you, you were about to even sleep with that boy and it looked like Charlie, all hope was lost and I just sent someone to mysteriously knock the door and you were delivered from that thing because of all the several times that I have stepped into intervening in your life. You too extend blessing to people with your lips. Extend blessing to people with your lips. Show them that you also, you are a living sacrifice before the Lord. That even as you stay in front of God and in front of his altar, God is well pleased with you. God is what? Well pleased with you. Hallelujah. Want to lift up our voices as we are on our feet. Want to pray a simple prayer. We are telling God that Father, let your spirit influence me. Let your spirit guide me when it comes to my tongue, when it comes to my mouth, when it comes to my lips. May I be influenced by the spirit of God. May I be influenced by the spirit of God. May I be influenced by the spirit of God. 
may I not speak just the way I want to speak. May I speak the way you, O Lord, would expect me to speak. The Bible said in the book of Isaiah chapter 6, which we read, that the seraphim took coal from the altar of God and he came and he touched the lips of the prophet Isaiah. You want to lift up your voice and tell God that, Father, set me apart in my speech. 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 The Bible said the one who is able to control his tongue, he is able to control his whole body. When you have control of your tongue, you have control of your body. Maybe you are here under the sound of my voice. You know and you look at yourself, you see that certain things have happened in your life because of things you said. You are telling God that, Father, in your mercy, Father, show me your way. Let everything that I have said concerning my life, that has set my life in a wrong motion, in a wrong way, Father, by your mercy, bring me back to the right path. Anything I said with my mouth, anything I said with my lips, even to somebody, to your fellow brother, your fellow sister, that beats the person down, tell God that, Father, I repent of it. I repent of it. I repent of it. I repent of it. I repent of it, Lord. I repent of it, Lord. Lord, I repent of it. I want you to be well pleased with me. Anything that you said concerning your life, anything that you said concerning others, anything that you said concerning your destiny, concerning your academics, concerning your parents, every idle word that you've uttered, you are telling God, Father, I want to be a living sacrifice. I want to be somebody that you are well pleased with. Therefore, Lord, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me, Lord. Have mercy on me, Lord. Have mercy on me, Lord. Father, the other day, as I looked into the mirror, I began to condemn myself. I began to beat down myself and say that I will not amount to anything. Father, I am sorry. Father, have mercy on me, Lord. 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 
The Bible says one day in the book of Acts chapter 3, when Peter was done preaching the message that he was preaching, the Bible said that the people were pricked in their heart. They were so convicted. Peter didn't say anything that was so strange. In fact, the Bible says that he read from the book of Psalms. But when he was done, the people said, what can we do so that we too will receive this great salvation that you are given? What can we do? It is called the grace of the tongue of the learned. It is called the grace of the tongue of the learned. It is called the grace of the tongue of the learned. Want to lift up our voice? Just lift up your right hand, place it upon your heart and say, Father, make this grace available to me. Lord, 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 make this grace available to me. That anointing is in this room this morning. That anointing called the tongue of the learned, it is in this room. It is in this room to raise leaders. It is in this room to raise the right kind of business people. It is in this room to raise the right kind of fathers. That grace is available this morning. That grace is available. That grace is available. Child of God, I submit to you that that grace is available. I see that grace move in this room. I see that grace begin to locate people. That grace is coming upon people. It's coming upon people. That grace is coming upon people. Look at that grace. It's moving. It's moving in this room. Transforming hearts. Transforming lives. Oh, look at that grace. That grace is moving. 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 Oh, Jesus. Father, we thank you for that grace. Call the grace of the tongue of the learned. Thank you for that grace, Lord. Thank you for that grace. 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 Oh, Jesus. That will be worthy of God, of our calling. Jesus. Masata tata bayanda la baba yanda la baba la baba. Moko bose teke telebe telebe. Moko bose anda bayanda bayanda la baba la bayanda la baba. Moko basa tapa yanda la baba la basa anda bayanda la baba. Moko bose teke telebe telebe. Father, we thank you for that grace. We thank you for that grace. Thank you for making available that grace, Lord. Osata tapa yanda bayanda la baba la baba. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Amen. You are under the sound of my voice. You have an addiction. You have an affliction. There's something that easily besets you. There's something that you are fighting with. You know, the Bible said that when Jesus met the woman who was caught in the very act of adultery, obviously he wasn't here alone. The Bible said, Jesus said to her, I do not condemn you. Go and sin no more. He said, I do not condemn you. Go and sin no more. The words that Jesus Christ spoke to that woman, it had the power to even separate people who were beating her down from her and had power to also lift her up 
into what God wanted her to do. You are here under the sound of my voice. You have an addiction. You have something that you are fighting with. Just come forward quickly. I will just touch you briefly and then we'll, we'll be done. You are under the sound of my voice. You have an addiction. There's something that you are fighting with. Something that is worrying you. It has been troubling you. And you keep saying to yourself, this thing, I will never rise out of it. I will never come out of it. Just come forward quickly. Come forward quickly. Let's just do this quick. Just come forward. Come forward. Can somebody help me move this? Whatever it is, the Bible said that by the power of words, Jesus moved that woman out of the pit of condemnation and he brought her into the place where she would do the right thing. You want to believe God this morning that Father, by the power of your word that has come to me, I am out of condemnation. I am out of condemnation. I am out of condemnation. No longer do you condemn me. I am free to live as unto God. I am free to live as unto God in the mighty name of Jesus. I am a child of God. Break. I'm no longer. Break. I'm no break. Longer break. Let that influence break. To feel I am. I, I am a child of God. You split the sea so I could walk right. That you can go back I to your seat. A child of God, you split the sea. Oh, you split the sea so I could walk right through it. My fears were drowned in perfect love. If I touch you, you can go. You rescued me so I could stand and sing. I am a child of God. You split the sea so I could walk. Split the sea so I could walk right through my feet. Drown in perfect love. Rescue me so I can stand. I can stand and sing. I A child of God, I am a child of God. 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 
or you've spoken evil words about your parents before. Maybe your parent did something to you, didn't like it. And so just said something to your parents. <laughs> the whole church. Let the church say amen. amen. Hey, are you the first person? Wow. <laughs> Bishop, how, how do we do this one? You don't have, you don't have a spray gun here. You are here, you are spoken ill of your parents. You know, the Bible says in the book of Ephesians, it said that obey your parents in the Lord. Honor your father and your mother so that it shall be well with you. You know, this scripture, it began to make sense to me when I had children. Hey! I said, Master, sit down. He said, why not? He said, look at the English dude that he's speaking to. The English didn't make sense. I said, eat your food. I'm going to tell my man to beat you. I said, you're going to tell what? I began to realize that no. This thing, it was not easy like that. When your parents were trying to get you on the right path, it was a powerful thing. But you know, they do it out of love, out of care. Do you understand what I'm saying? But I realized that some of the things that makes us say those things is comparison. Do you understand what I'm saying? Sometimes it's comparison. Your face looks very familiar. It's comparison. Alright. So, Reverend Orlando, come and join me. We'll, we'll just anoint it because today is also your first um, Sunday for the man. So, we'll just combine it. But I just want to sound this um, 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 understanding. Okay. So that we, 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 we are very careful. Okay. Are very careful. You know, if you ask some of our parents, eh, they will tell you that some of the things that they told their parents that they will never do, they are doing them today. I'm telling you, if like go and have an honest conversation with your mother or your father, tell them, ah, daddy, are there some things that you said when you were a child that you have regretted saying them? They will tell you that it is very true. There's power in your words. There's power in your lips. There's power on your tongue. Somebody said, this my tongue is anointed. This my tongue is anointed. This my tongue is anointed. And so, I will use it just as God wants me to use it. I will use it the way God made it to be. I will use it the way God made it to be. Hallelujah. Imagine your liver says that now I want to start um, 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 wearing earrings. Your liver. He said, I want to wear earrings. So put earrings on. How will you do it? You see, you are corrupting the purpose or the reason for which the thing was made. Do you understand what I'm saying? Classic example. Friday, I was coming to, um, I was going somewhere with my um, my tenant in my house. And then, it was like all of a sudden, the, the cloud just changed. It looked like it was about to rain on Friday. It became very dark. And I was jubilating in the car. I said, yeah, there's a thunderstorm. There's a thunderstorm. All of a sudden, the person who was in, my, in the car with me just stopped me and said, hey, you can't say that. What if really a thunderstorm happens? Then something bad happens. What will you do? Then I realized that I do yawa. So I began to, you know, apologize to all the powers that be. Number one, I started with God. Started with the passengers in my car. Then I also started to myself that I'm sorry for saying those things. Can you imagine what happened? It didn't rain on Friday. It didn't rain. Yesterday when I was doing international committee, I realized that it didn't rain on Friday. Power of words. Yeah, I was feeling like, yeah, Charlie, maybe it's my power. No. But what I'm saying is that the words that you speak, they have power. Even the, 
atmosphere, the environment around you, it can change those things around you. Do you understand? So I beseech you with the mercies of God. Let me use Paul's language. Don't speak ill of your parents. If your parents do something to you that you don't like, Father, bless mommy and daddy. Give them money so that they can provide for me. Father, cause daddy and mommy to love themselves. Maybe you are here, you are, you are coming from a home that is broken. Your father is always fighting your mother. Don't say that you that you will never amount to anything. Hey, I submit to you. Life will just be like a movie. You will also be in your home. You realize that what you were seeing, you are also doing the same thing. Extend grace to your father. Extend grace to your mother. Say, Father, I pray for daddy and mommy. Let their love be strong. What I'm telling you, I'm, I'm saving you four years, five years, six years of hard work. I beseech you with the mercies of God. Alright? Are we okay? Alright, so we're going to just come for the ashes. Yes. Yes. Okay, okay. So, we are, the ashes are going to direct us quickly. Let's come quickly. Reverend, I'm just going to touch you. Myself, I also just say, I'll, I'll touch you and then we'll go. Alright? We are, we are almost um, um, done with time. So, let's just do this quickly. Clean my hands. Purify my heart. I want to burn for you. Oh, please come quickly. Let's do this quickly. Only for you. Yes, Lord. Take my life as a sacrifice. I want to burn for you. Only for you. Thank you for listening to this message. If you were blessed by this, share it with someone and be an agent of impactful change for the kingdom of God. God bless you. Clean my hands.